Now back to On the Block with Strick and Austin on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are back on the block, Austin and Stricky. 93.7 The Ticket, 2 to 4, right here. Facebook, Twitch, Twitter, and YouTube. You can find us right here. All great content. You can also go to theticketfm.com to get the app, get all the great content of all the stations and shows from early break to the drive, the captain, water cooler, happy hour, old school. It's all right here and all the extra content that comes from the wonderful football players, volleyball, gymnastics, baseball, it's all great content. You can find it all right there on 93.7 The Ticket or the Ticketfm.com app. So now, signing day has just jumped off, Austin. Some uh, Hopefully there's some good return on investment, some time that has been applicated to some of these young men to hopefully bring them in to fill some boys, to peel, uh, p- uh, put some holes, uh, uh, I'm sorry, fill some holes and gaps and some missing areas of, 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 of need for the Nebraska Cornhuskers, one of those being at the defensive line, the offensive line, some of those areas as well as not knowing what's going to happen with the quarterback position. So you've got uh, Sims that's going to come in and hopefully be able to fill some of that void there. What they're going to do with the running back, got a running back, fullback transfer. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that stuff right now as we deal on the block. Thank you again for joining. Sutter Heyman text line is always open to you, 402-464-5685. We're going to dive right into it. Right now, Austin, uh, here's what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about Nebraska football class and the takeaways of how they did for this class of recruitment and grade the staff a little bit. Um, I would love to hear how you feel about it. I wish we had Simple to come on. Uh, or Munson today, but we're not going to have them today. So we're going to jump into it, and we would love your, um, you know, you guys as well to chime in and and uh, you know give us a little little uh, information that you may think or feel about how the recruiting class has gone this year and how the rural dynasty has begun. Um, looking into it, how do you think that this team has done? Because let me just say this. They just recently had five unsigned noncommittals on campus. They shot better than the Nebraska Cornhuskers from three last (laughs) night. They did. They went five for five. That's different. That's different than what we've been seeing out of a Nebraska recruiting uh, class. Usually you get them on. They're kind of just checking it out, looking at the scene, seeing all the glitz and glam, and then they end up bouncing. They came in. We're going to run down the list. You got Sua, Lafotu, decommit from Washington, defensive lineman out of Don Bosco Prep, 6'4, 295, made his way in. We'll go through each of them individually, but you had five. That young man is one of the ones that we need to fill that hole, those gaps on the defensive line. Very good feet. Very agile, not what they're looking for in the 3-3-5 three, three, right now. They want to beef him up a little bit, but we've got Husker power. Get him in here, get him, get him beefed up a little bit, bulked up, get him into the food program, get him right, 
but still be able to use the things that he does well. The thing I like about him, he's not a project. Bosco Prep is one of the best high school programs out. So you know he's got fundamentals. You know he's sound. You know just the only thing that kind of hindered him a little bit probably from higher levels of recruitment was some injury issues that he had while he was there. So tell us about uh, this young man. We'll go down the line, but even more talk about how you feel about how Nebraska did in their recruiting this year in great amount. So with Sua, the thing that strikes me is that he didn't start at, at Bosco. And so that, to me, puts him in a very similar boat to the guys Nebraska has gotten from Alabama and Georgia out of the transfer portal recently, where you know they're getting coached right, you know that the nutrition and the fundamentals are going to be on point, and they come understanding what success looks like. You know, they have those standards for what hard work is, for not just what hard work is, but how to do it every day, because that's the standard Mm -hmm. they're being held to. Yeah, you'd love it if you got transfers that were starting that had that you know, tape on film consistently and were that good. But that's not, you know, why guys go under the radar. That's not necessarily why guys transfer all the time. So if you can get guys that coaching staffs at other places identified as talents, um, but circumstances out of their control, I'm sure they're, you know, good players. But now they have to take that next step to prove that they were, you know, worthy of being recruited and playing at this high school or such and such, you know, power program. But plain and simple, Nebraska has to get the best out of them. If, you know, Lafotu's best snaps were at Bosco and he doesn't see the field at Nebraska, that's a miss. That's unfortunate. If uh, MJ Sherman, Jacob Hood, Eric Gilbert all contributed more at Georgia or LSU in Gilbert's case than they do at Nebraska, you take a swing. You have to. You need more talent on the roster. But now the onus is on the staff to make sure that these guys' best football is played at Nebraska. And it, and the thing is, is it, it was very similar to Trey Palmer. We've had hits mm-hmm. and we've had misses. I think the key um, is for me is rule and the staff talking about the, the meaning of wanting to be here mm-hmm. specifically in Nebraska, mm-hmm. your want to be here. Your why is your want to be here. If it's NIL driven, if it's if it's something to do off field, if it's anything to do with just you getting to a somewhere else, then that's the wrong reason. And he said it. I don't want you. So for me, there's got to be some conversations as to what do you want? Where do you want to be? Here's how we're going to help you get here. And I think that's one of the reasons why they were able to land Ishmael Smith Flores. Because he's kind of a hybrid tight end, kind of like an Aaron Hernandez type, a, um, you know, a, a George Kittle type, um, you know, a Chad Kelsey type. And he's very interesting because he has great versatility. So I imagine that he comes and sits down with Satter, uh, Satterfield and has a, a conversation with him. And they break this conversation down. And it's like, here's how we're going to play you. We're going to run you hybrid. We're going to take you out of the backfield. We're going we're gonna to put you on the outside. We're going to have you inside. We're going to do a lot of different things with you. And getting a young man like this out of Arlington High School uh, can also be good because Nebraska needs to fill that void as well. As you know, we struggled at the tight end position with them. Right, and a guy that hasn't played a lot of football, right? He should have plenty of miles left on the legs is the hope. The, the ideal for me when I look at a guy uh, like Smith Flores is Kyle Pitts, where he's more an athletic mm. receiving tight end. Where, yeah, he can block, you can throw him in in those kind of personnel packages, but you have, you know, bigger bodied 
guys that you can throw in to block. So, Evan Ingram is one of those types too, right? Sure. You agree? Eric, Eric Ebron, Evan Ingram, guys like that kind of mold mm. where it's not, you know, maybe a traditional Big Ten West tight end. You know, it's not yeah. an Iowa Sam Laporte. It's not a Wisconsin Jake Ferguson, anyone like that. But it's something that I don't think the Big Ten West has seen a lot of. Maybe Noah Fant, who developed into mm. a good blocker, but that might be a similar type of comp for how Nebraska is going to use him. But either way, more athletic tight end that's too big for cornerbacks, but too fast for linebackers. I think there are a lot of interesting ways to use a piece like that. Absolutely. So then while you go down there, you find yourself trying to land Ishmael Smith-Flores, you find yourself running across a super athlete in Jeremiah Charles. And, 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 and one of the things and one of the stories behind it is that you go down there, you're, you're really looking at Ishmael Flores. They're both athletes. They play basketball too. Next thing you know, you see Jeremiah Charles up there dunking three, four times in the game. You're like, wait a minute. They're, we're about development. Let's get this type of athlete in. We can work him on either side of the ball. Maybe we can find our next, uh, uh, you know, Terrell Farley type. You know, I don't know. I'm just saying I, I don't know exactly how they would use him, but mm-hmm. you just never know one of those those kind of guys that just kind of emerge out of nowhere with just super athleticism. You just find a place for him, right? Um, so you land Jeremiah Charles, and then you got one of you, – you were able to secure – and recover, I think, in a loss that you lost in uh, Georgia recruit Barry Jackson. Now you find yourself getting a, a replacement out of him for with uh, over him with Demetrius Bell, four-star wide receiver recruit um, out of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about about that? Always good to you know get a guy that other Power Five programs are after. You know, Nashville area is yeah. definitely solid in football for Demetrius Bell. My biggest takeaway, though, Strick, if you look at Bell, if you look at Jeremiah Charles, uh, Jalen Lloyd out of out of Omaha, this staff is really betting on their ability to develop the football in the football yeah, players, yeah. right? Yes, they'll yeah. be in the weight room. Yes, they'll work on you know speed, quickness, agility, all that. And you know Corey Campbell is the strength coach. We'll have his work cut out for him because you have to get guys in football shape. You have to have football bodies. But at the same time, I think overall. Matt Rule is betting on his track record of development and the guys that he's bringing in to teach these guys how to become football players. You know, you get a guy like DeAndre Barnes from a power and Regis Jesuit. You get Sua Lafotu from St. John Bosco. Those are good programs. Those guys know how to play football. But then you get some of those late bloomers, or you get guys with just a couple even group of five offers, not a lot in the power five level, that have you know athletic testing off the charts top of their class athletes and Jason Machichek or Machichek or yeah I can't hope I didn't yeah the guy it. from yeah. uh, like that's South example. Dakota South exactly. Dakota mm-hmm. yeah where if you can have that already done before you get to campus guys that are that freakishly athletic and have those traits and then refine them right don't take mm. it out of them don't just put on muscle for the sake of putting on muscle you have to be strong enough but not overly big right there's a balance I think that Matt Rule and his staff is going to find with these guys to make sure that Nebraska has the best athletes on the field for whatever position, whatever that looks like. You know, offensive line athleticism is different than defensive line athleticism is different than linebacker athleticism is different than running back athleticism. So you have to have guys that fit a general template and then however far along they are in their actual, you know, football knowledge, however much football IQ they have, 
that I think is what Matt Rule is banking on his ability to do and the staff that he hired their ability to do. How do you rule? How do you rule on grading this this uh, Nebraska staff on what they've been able to accomplish, what they've been able to do? Leaps and bounds in the Big Ten from what they've done over the years. Still some stuff for Michigan State still to do, but yet they find themselves, what, in the fourth position now Mm -hmm. as far as in Big Ten, which is phenomenal for Nebraska. Behind the three uh, Big Ten East powers. You're behind Ohio State, Michigan, and Penn State, and that's nothing to sneeze at. I don't know enough about recruiting to know how much of that is quality versus quantity Uh, because there are, you know, I think 10 four-stars that Nebraska recruited – um, and the rest are three or, or lower. And now that that means everything. But Matt Rule has walked a fine line between you know saying that there's a lot left on the roster from last year and that it's not the old staff's guys and his guys. You know, if he's the coach, mm-hmm. everyone's his guys. That can be true. But I think by going out and bringing 39, yeah, 39 new players onto a roster that's probably going to sit about 115, 120 kids tells me that this roster was in need of work. There are a lot of guys out there that Matt Rule saw that he liked the traits and said, go get him. We want you here. We can work with you. So Mm -hmm. it's a strategy that I don't think we've seen at Nebraska for a while, if ever. You know, this huge dependence on development, right, of getting guys with just traits, not a lot of, you know, football played in a lot of cases, guys that are under the radar. So given that the staff took over, what, the Monday after Iowa to be able to get a top four class in the Big Ten, a top 25 class nationally, that speaks volumes to me. Now we have to see how it pans out. They have to live up to their end of the bargain. It's one thing to get the players in, but where are you sending them off to? Because if you're sending them back off into the transfer portal because they weren't good enough, that's a problem. If you're sending them to, you know, bigger, better opportunities like the NFL, like the CFL, or other places like that xfl xfl (laughs) or even you know if they become you know business leaders like agents but they are successful at nebraska for three or four years they've done their job they've developed as a player and a person they get high marks so i think they've done everything right up to this point which is all you can ask well i will say that when i look at everything in 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 totality i'm i'm excited because it speaks to what he said It speaks to that we're going to work with young men, we're going to get them developed, and we're going to reestablish the foundation Mm -hmm. that had been broken at Nebraska with so much turnover and so many people coming and going. And there's really have have been no leadership qualities that have went up through the ranks and and had set the groundwork of what winning culture is. And so it's good to see that happen again. Last, as we go, they landed a uh, walk-on transfer commit uh, out of the transfer portal from UNK, University of Nebraska Kearney, Trevor Ruth, six foot, 235 pound, played at Seward, but ultimately went there. And I like it because he's still keeping to his word. They're talking about what they're going to do, and they're going out and getting guys to fit in those areas for what they're planning to do. That tells me also get ready. Hopefully Nebraska will get back to run power dominance, Husker power and what it used to be and what it used to look like uh, with some of the added additions that they're, they're adding to the program. Shout out to Matt rule and the, and the staff. I think they've done a great job. How do you think they did? 
this year. 402-464-5685. We'll let Austin uh, get his last point in. You have one other thing you got to say. I just say shout out to Trevor. I played baseball with his brother growing up. His dad, Royce, was my coach and I played with Corbin and against Corbin. So good family. And hey, who, who doesn't love a fullback? Absolutely. I'd love to see it. Look, look, just look at the 49ers. Juicek. Juicek, yeah. Mm-hmm. You, Usyk, yeah, I'm saying it wrong. I call him Juicek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Usyk. Um, but yeah, you look at him. They've got it. And they use him in a wonderful way. They do great things with him. They find a way to uh, uh, take advantage of him, whether it be in the run or in the pass or in the block or in the schemes, all the different schemes they use him. So I love it. And let's get Nebraska back to it. 402-464-5685, you can tap in and, and uh, rate. How do you feel Nebraska did this year as far as what they've been able to bring? I know we've been in this conversation before. We've said things. We said we liked it. But do you see that Rule is doing what he said? And uh, if you can, uh, you know, make your statements, you can do so there. We've got to go. We've got to go. We'll be right back. We have shootout with Strick. Strick happened to uh, win yesterday. Mm-hmm. Somebody tap in to see if we can get it done. Hot on Lincoln Hotline. Call in. Let's get it going. Shoot out with Strick. It'll be next. 93.7 The Ticket. TheTicketFM.com. We'll be right back.